When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Rich Eisen Show. But this might be my favorite sports story of all of 2022 to date. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Where did he step in? In cheek. Over a fantasy football league. Jock Peterson slapped by Tommy Pham of the Cincinnati Reds. Will Smith stop. Wow, dude. Earlier on the show. From NBC Sports Boston, Tom Curran. Still to come, NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. Plus, NFL Network analyst David Carr. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Our number two of the Rich Eisen Show on the air. My colleague David Carr from the NFL Network is going to be joining us in about 20 minutes' time to back his uh, statement yesterday in support of... uh, the 79th birthday of Joe Namath making a guarantee on NFL Network that um, the Jets are going to make the playoffs, and I need to kick the tires on that a little Ooh. bit. Also, see if what, what insight he can give me to see if I'm uh, smart to place my uh, full faith and football credit on the Las Vegas Raiders to win the AFC West this year, despite the significant improvements made in Denver and right here in Los Angeles with the Chargers and. The Chiefs still being the Chiefs, despite Tyreek Hill wearing a a Dolphin uniform. You're now. going to battle with the Raiders. Right now, I feel it. As long as they stay healthy going into the season. You got Darren Waller. It's tough to guard him. Tough to guard him right away. You got uh, Renfro moving the chains. First in Renfro, right? Is that what it's called? Or is he third in Renfro? What do we call him? What's his nickname? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Is that his you name? call him third in Renfro? Is that what it is? <laughs> Because he creates first yeah, down or third and Renfro. Third and Renfro third is what it is? Okay. So you got him on third down. It's tough to guard him. Oh, and then they added Devontae Adams, right? Oh, heard of him. Right? And then Max Crosby um, has all pro ability, right? That kid, right? Now you're adding a 100-sack career guy in Chandler Jones, the other side of him, right? Right? If I'm not mistaken. He's there. Okay. Josh McDaniels calling the place? Yeah, McDaniels. Good play okay. call. He's going to be there? Got it. Okay. Got it. Got it. Because we talked about an hour one with uh, Tom Curran. Who's calling the plays in New England once the season hits? Not like now, minicamp plays. What's that mean for the Patriots? Well, that guy is now in um, in Vegas. So we'll kick the tires on that with uh, Derek Carr when he joins us uh, in about 18 minutes' time. So, uh, did I say Derek? I keep doing that, don't I? David Carr is going to join us here on the program. David, just don't do it while he's on so the phone. So stupid. Well, I mean, they're both David Carr, but I, yeah, I, I, I know, but I, I know, I know, I know who I'm talking about. D first name. I, I, I just lose myself in David's dreamy hairline. So you know, kill for that hair. Yeah, tell me about it. So uh, David Carr is going to join us in about uh, 17 minutes' time, right here on the program. So um, a couple weeks ago, boy, this is all we talked about the. Uh, statement that Nick Saban said in front of business folk in Birmingham, Alabama, (laughs) that, hey, you know, the NIL world is crazy. It's topsy-turvy. It's nuts. It's wild, wild west. And, you know, we're we're still about the student athlete here and giving people the best opportunity to succeed, not just on the football field, but as an athlete. And um, then he went deeper into the problems of the NIL world and then started naming names, including that of Texas A&M said they bought their players in their current recruiting class ranked number one. Bought all their players, is what he said. That's the phrase that he used. And, you know, <clears throat> that set off a whole to-do, say to the least, when uh, Jimbo Fisher stepped to the podium in um, College Station the very next day and just laid waste. I mean, uh, I think we, right, we had the uh, the exclusive soundbite of him stepping to the podium uh Back in that day, and telling everyone to, to say hello to their little friend. Hello, little friend. Right. Yeah. So I think I deleted that one. Rich. Why would you do that, Mike? <laughs> yeah, say hello. Like got space. The space thing, issue. No, it's not a one-day thing. It's not a one-day thing. I think we should have that from now on. Any any coach that steps to the podium and lays waste to anybody, it's just a <laughs> say hello to my little friend. Say hello. Well, uh, so uh, and then Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, said, "Hey, uh, everybody, pipe down." 
Yeah. Pipe down and we'll get together and start talking about solutions. The solutions isn't to name call and Saban went on the radio the next day and said he shouldn't have named names and he apologized and Fisher saying he's not ever talking to Saban again. And won't even take his call. Won't even take his call. Because he's God, like you walk, ask God who walks on water, what he's done in his career and so on and so forth. And fully intimated that Saban's a cheater. Well, the SEC coaches gathering, the spring gathering, first in-person gathering for this group of head coaches went down in the state of Florida yesterday. And um, they met in a room together. Lane Kiffin was the first one to hit the microphones, by the way. Of course he was. <laughs> they opened the doors minutes after the doors of the hotel conference room swung open. This is according to Mike Rodak of... Uh, Alabama.com. Minutes after the doors of the hotel conference room swung open, Lane Kiffin stepped to a lectern and said, I guess the best way to describe it is our group is more professional in the room than they are when they're on camera by themselves. (laughs) It's like where people might say things on text where they wouldn't in person. Uh the uh, the chair of the um, coaches committee, the coaches were arranged in. It. This is great. He he said it was pretty normal. Guys have jobs to do. They're professionals. It's probably a lot calmer than you may picture. Coaches were arranged in the conference room alphabetically by school. So Alabama, you got Alabama and Auburn probably sitting next to each other, right? Right, right, right. Okay, Vanderbilt, they're all the way in the back. Yeah, their coach sitting next to Lane, uh, sitting next to Jimbo. Okay, and so uh, arranged in conference room alphabetically by school, except for Fisher, who was seated on one side of the room with SEC officials. Why is that? Because Jimbo's the chair. It's a rotating rotating chair. Uh... He's the chair. He was very engaged, said Greg Sankey. What I said at the beginning was we need to have 14 football coaches focused and engaged in the conversation. Nobody can run silent on me, says the commissioner. We have that from time to time. They said there was a conversation that was candid at times and even a little bit of laughter. Isn't that fun? There's some funny things. Maybe maybe, maybe they were looking at Jock Peterson's meme. (laughs) Maybe they were watching our video of our favorite Tommy Pham fantasy team names now. What are the chances... That this Jimbo uh, Saban thing was just for show. No chances. Zero chances. 0.0 chances. And that behind closed doors in this meeting with all the coaches, they're just, ha, 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 no. we, we got them. 0.0 chances. Nick Saban went to that podium, uh, went to that, um, uh, I guess, riser where he was speaking in a chair to Alabama. Well, I mean, not boosters, Birmingham. Business people, of course, yeah, of course. And these might be the people who could go to a say an Alabama collective, put a little something in there, so their NIL deals are are there not to entice anyone to come to campus because that is not what anybody's supposed to do or allowed to do. It's right, there right, right. for the kids when they're on campus for their name, image, and likeness. Now that's and you had Andrew Brandt here yesterday um, saying that he thinks Saban was talking to the business folk there to say step up. We don't have the top recruiting class anymore. That just being Alabama and our facilities and our ability to send kids to the next level and our chances to win a championship and me being here, says Nick Saban, isn't the differentiator anymore. And we better act before that becomes less and less of a differentiator. So Saban spoke to the media yesterday. Saban spoke to the media yesterday and um, right out of the gate got two questions on the very subject matter of Jimbo Fisher and what he said, and here's how it went. What evidence did you have that uh, Texas A&M bought its entire recruiting class? You know, I, I, I didn't really say that anybody did anything wrong. Well, you said they bought their recruiting class. I didn't say anybody did anything wrong. Okay, and I've said everything I'm going to say about this, but, you know, I I think that, um, you know, I guess the point, and I should have never mentioned any individual institutions, I said that before, 
but you know some kind of uniform uh, name image and likeness you know standard um, that supports some kind of e equitable uh, national competition uh, I think is really really important in college athletics in college football it's just something that I think we need to make sure that we have a uniform way to have equitable competition. Uh, it's transparent. We protect the student athlete, um, and you know, boosters have never been involved in recruiting, and uh, hopefully, you know, we'll not allow that to happen relative to this circumstance. Is Jimbo lying when you say when he says that uh, that they didn't do anything? I have no problem either. with Jimbo. Uh, I have no problem with Jimbo at all. Here. There you go. Yeah, I have no Jimmy. I mean, the body language when he took his arms and he folded them and he yeah. stuck them under his uh, yeah. under his armpits. And by the way, there it is right there. <laughs> I don't have any problem with Jimbo. And I'm sure he just wants to tamp this whole darn thing down now and and have you know, there's nothing to see here. We have not heard from Kirby Smart yet. Who's yeah. like the, the Georgia just, Bulldog who ate the canary, man. Let those guys yell at each other and have some sort of, you know, wrestling cage match. Hit over hit each other over the head with a folding chair while I sit here with my national championship and 19 million first-round draft choices and come back and load back up, you know. That whole I, I, didn't, I didn't say anybody did anything wrong really smells like uh, – Depends what your definition of is is. He said he bought their players. <laughs> this is what Kirby Smart had to say. I guess is, is he getting ready to win with Stetson Bennett the sixth? Was he winning with this year? I think, oh. uh, I think so. All right, here we go. This is Kirby Smart. Be honest with you, I, I, my phone started blowing up right when Jimbo hit press conference, and I haven't thought about it a day since because in the world that we operate in. You're worried about what's in front of you right now, which is the 15 recruits I'm trying to get on the phone, the conversations I'm trying to have. Have I'm not really worried about a feud between two guys that used to sit in the same staff meeting and have similar conversations. I mean, at the end of the day, sometimes things get heated. You'd rather not be in the in the, in the public uh, arena, but at the end of the day, things like that happen. I mean, you guys should be on the headphones sometime. You'd think that was a Mickey Mouse. So. Um, it just so happened in front of everybody, and it's not something that I prefer to comment on. To be honest with you, I'm I'm worried about what we do at Georgia, and that's my focus. He's staying between the hedges, everybody, and thinking whatever's outside the hedges goes on outside the hedges. I'm <laughs> telling you what's going to happen. He's I'm going to repeat it again. You heard what Saban said, some sort of national leveling of the playing field on NIL. Take boosters out of it, because, again, if boosters are getting in it, using the door of name, image, and likeness to entice players to come to campus. If that's what's going to happen, then suddenly Alabama's advantages go um, not away, but they're diminished. The Alabama advantages are the obvious ones. Facilities, but more than that, it's Nick Saban. Nick Saban. If Nick Saban strolls into your household and says, I can help your kid. If your dream is to get your kid to the National Football League and have a little bit of an education at Alabama, and if you want your kid to learn the right way, and you want your kid to stay on the straight and narrow, and I'll take care of your kid. Isn't that the end of the conversation? <laughs> if the kid likes the school and, and is happy with the conversation, like, isn't that the end of the conversation? It's got to be the end of the conversation. It would be for me. Okay, Nick, got it. Where, Send my kid to you. Yeah, where do I sign and that's with the ultimate of respect to every other coach that could stroll into um, somebody's living room. But if now the other considerations are, well, wait a minute, the other spot finished in the top four, top five, they also send kids to the NFL. And I can make a uh, million dollars right now. My kid can make a million right now because that's what this team is legally allowed to give this kid, legally. So, of course, there needs to be some sort of leveling of the playing field. The only way to do it, to level the playing field, is to level with the rest of the world on the reality that players are to be compensated and that players 
when they are compensated, have to be signed to a contract. And that means players can unionize and figure out how best to collectively bargain their rights with an institution that is running things. And that's the schools. In the same way that they might collectively bargain with any other employees on their campus that serve the academic community. Here come the players to do that. And you level the playing field. And how many people get, how, how can you figure out everybody follows those rules? Well, you keep it limited. 50 schools, 60 schools across the country. Well, what are we going to do? Really? You're going to fly, fly the kids across the country? Yeah, yeah that's what you're going to do. do that anyway. That's what you'll do. Yeah. yeah, USC will have to make some road trips to Auburn. Missouri might make some road trips to Michigan. Penn State might make some road trips to Austin. Yeah, like that's what's coming. It's going to happen. And schools are going to start to scramble to make sure that they're going to get those chairs filled up by them, not somebody else. Because you can't take everybody. Can can you take the entire SEC? Would the SEC turn around and tell the teams that are habitually down in the, the last four, sorry, we're done. It means more to us now. Collectively, it no longer means more. It just means more to these eight teams because that's the way that we can make sure that we're in on the conversation. Oh, and by the way, we're going to play for the national championship from this group. You want to have a little bit of fun? You want to have relegation where maybe you have to, if you don't win enough, you're out. And some other teams that do well enough on other aspects and another league comes in, you could do that. Maybe. It's a super league. That's where it's going. This is the where it's going. And in the meantime, the 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 change that is going to be affected and coming will be um turbocharged by the courts who are stepping in as these issues get placed in front of the Supreme Court or others at the lower level, and coaches that call each other out at the highest level, causing shows like this one to talk about it nonstop. They're trying to put this genie back in the bottle. No chance. In terms of the conversation. But in terms of um, the NIL, you want to get boosters out of it. You want to make sure that anybody that's caught with their hand in the cookie jar enticing players to come to campus using something that's supposed to reward the kids with money for their work and their name, image, and likeness on campus, you want to do that, you've got to tighten the playing field, have your own oversight, not the NCAA, and hold your own tournament at the end. And realize that the players are contracted employees and understand that. And then you want to plug that in and the money from there into the rest of the athletic system for the other 90% of the sports programs that aren't in this construct. I think that's the way it's going to go. I think Nick Saban will be long out of the game by the time it happens. But in the meantime, the game's changing. Game's changing while he's in it. And that's why he's speaking up. What do you think? You can call us 844-204-RICH number to dial. When we come back, David Carr of the NFL. He says the Jets, look at how dreamy he is. The (laughs) the Jets are going to make the playoffs. He guarantees it. All right, I'll care. I'll, I'll bite. That's next on the Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung. 
And that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Back here on our terrestrial radio outfit. A 55-cent check for CSI Miami. Suck it, Caruso. Hashtag. <laughs> Did you Honestly, post that yet? Suck it, Caruso? Hashtag. hashtag I, haven't, I haven't posted it yet. Okay. okay. <laughs> but maybe, like we'll just, maybe we'll just post that whole residual rich video uh, later on. Wow. Fantastic. How many zeros are behind those okay. residuals? <laughs> so uh, I was just yeah. explaining about how I, I got my latest residual check from CSI Miami. My two works uh, of CSI Miami. 55-cent check. Um, while I was uh, shooting the latest episode or my final episode uh, uh, on the season-long arc. I've got a season-long arc on the uh, upcoming season of The Mighty Ducks on Disney+. Plus. At any rate, long story short, while I'm doing that, I received a text from uh, the great Andrew Howard, who runs communication and media relations at the uh, NFL Media Group. He sent me this video of David Carr on NFL Total Access. He sent me this video uh, of David Carr uh, being asked to give a guarantee in honor. Yesterday was uh, the 75th birthday of the great Joe Namath. Um, And MJ Acosta Ruiz asked both David Carr and Tori Holt, who was guest uh, analyzing for their prediction, guarantee for this upcoming season. And this was what Mr. Carr said. You know, I'm going to do it in honor of Joe Namath. I'm going to guarantee the Jets make the playoffs. Jets, mm. it's been a long time. David! Uh, Rich Eisen. Love you. Wow. Yeah, fine, man. <laughs> Robert Sala. Don't pay attention. Don't worry about him. Robert Sala is a great coach, and he's got a good young football team. I can't wait to watch him. It's been so long since the Jets made the playoffs. I was hosting NFL Total Access the last time that happened, and joining us here on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line after getting my attention. He had me at hello with that statement on NFL Total Access last night from NFL Network and longtime quarterback in this league, David Carr. How you doing, David? I'm good, man. How are you? Well, you know what, David, I'll be honest. Uh, I helped create and get off the ground NFL Total Access so analysts like you can have salient points like the one that you made last night. I'll be very honest with you, you David. the freedom to do that, and I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, I appreciate the sentiment and the uh, and the shout out, but I'll give you the floor uh, on uh, put a little bit of meat on the bones on saying yeah. that the Jets are going to make the playoffs, David. Well, I mean, if you don't have hope at this point, I mean, what do you have? <laughs> so i I think that there's always there's always a glimmer of hope for every team, but when you really come down to it, and and you look at the league, and and you know this as well as anybody, it never goes how we planned. And, yeah, you could say, it's easy to say, okay, the Jets make a little bit of a jump. And I, and I, and I hear that. I hear, okay, maybe they'll win seven or eight games. And maybe they will. But when I look at it, I like to see trends. And you can, you can look at young quarterbacks and, and young head coaches, and you can see a pattern developing. So you look at Zach Wilson. And he, I, I love Zach. I think he's an incredible talent. I, I love watching him throw the football. There are there are few guys that I actually get excited about watching on tape, and Zach is one of them. And so he has all that ability, and he's, he's aggressive. So he's going to make some turnover-worthy plays, but he's also going to make some big plays, and he's young. And what I loved about what the Jets did is they didn't babysit him. They didn't hold his hand through the season. I mean, there were different quarterbacks that were rolling in there, like, 
okay, we're going to compare you to these veteran guys and some of these guys that have played football before, and, and you're going to have to do the things that um, are necessary to win football games. We're going to ask you to make big throws on third down. We're not going to ask you to just you know, throw the ball three times and win a football game. That's not, that's not how they handled Zach, and I loved watching it. I and mean, when he came back from his injury, I thought he played fantastic, uh, albeit what was around him. I mean, he had some guys that were hurt. You know, when he came back, now his, you know, some of the guys that could normally be thrown to weren't out there, you know. So I look at the offensive line and the offensive line and, and what, what they could be healthy. Um, Vera Tucker, I thought, played as good as anybody in the league. You know, you, you got and you signed Lincoln Tomlinson and you have Beckton, that could be a solid offensive line. Um, and then not even counting, you know, adding Brees Hall and, and, and Garrett Wilson and C.J. Uzama and Tyler Conklin. I mean, there, there's some good football players that have joined this team. Um, and that's not even counting the defensive guys. And I, I love Robert Sala. I think Robert Sala is a fantastic human being, fantastic coach. I, I knew him when he was a quality control guy in Houston um, with Kyle Shanahan on that staff, and that's where they kind of – hit it off, and, and they obviously work together at San Francisco, but Robert cares about every individual in that building, and so guys feel that. That is that is not a question mark for me as far as building a young team. I guess all that to be said, they have a lot of young talent that doesn't even know that they shouldn't go to the playoffs next year. So they, they could they could be one of those teams where they they the players don't know what they don't know and that can actually be to their benefit. The only and yeah, of course, timing's everything, David. So uh, uh, it would be just the Jets' luck that they get all of these young kids to start playing so well and start to gel behind a head coach who's talented enough to corral it. And it's That's the right. d- deepest the conference has ever been. That's another challenge that a team like the Jets or let's just say the Dolphins put it all together in that division how are you even going to crack the top seven right I mean there's no doubt there's no doubt I mean you look at their look at their first 10 games that they have to play I mean this is like the NFL is just out to get the Jets I feel like Mm -hmm. this is like several years in a row where they've not been favorable I mean they they play the entire AFC North they got to play the Dolphins the Packers they're playing the Patriots the Bills obviously their own division is going to be tough but I, I don't know. I, I really think that when you have a, a young team like this, I mean, just look at it, – it's happened in the recent past. You look at, like, 2018, the Texans were, like, 4-12, and 12, ended up going 11-5. and five. Like, no one saw that coming. The Jags did something like that, 2017-ish. I mean, it was, it was Blake Bortles, and they went from, like, three wins to 10-6. and six. Like, who saw that? And you know what that was? That was, like, there, was, there were defensive – there was a defensive coach, which I think Robert Solis is a great pairing because I love his offensive system that he has with LaFleur. I think he'll get better um, as a play caller. He obviously was a, a young guy doing that last year, so he'll get he'll improve. I love the system, but I think that you, know, you had Solomon Thomas, you had some of the pieces on the defensive side. They didn't play great towards the end of the year on defense, but they will play better. Robert will put together a great defense. And so those kind of jumps happen. They just randomly happen. So it doesn't – I mean, it's not like something that you're going to say – you're not penciling in the Jets for 12 wins. But you know what? They could do it. They could easily do it because that, that kid is fearless. Zach Wilson is absolutely fearless. So, you know, for me, I would, I'd roll the dice. And that's why I said what I said the other day. I mean, they, it was Joe Namath and it was, the, you know, we were talking about the, how he guaranteed the victory. And I just said, you know what? The Jets are I've, – I've been high on the Jets since the draft, obviously, since watching their young players play. I love Robert Sala. Um, and maybe, maybe I'm a little biased there, but – I like a lot of their pieces, so I'm excited to watch them play football this year. David Carr, my colleague from the NFL Media Group, NFL Total Access, 11-year vet in the NFL, joining me here on the Rich Eisen Show. So we just talked about how deep the AFC is this year. No deeper pool than the AFC West. Easily the toughest division in football now that Russell Wilson is there and so many other new additions from Khalil Mack and J.C. Jackson, and we all know uh, how many people uh, have entered this division? Kansas City, less Tyreek Hill, but so on and so forth. They have gotten um, a ton of talent on their team. That said, uh, David, do you know who I have chosen to beat all of them in the AFC West well, this year? Are you aware of that? If we're vibing the way I think that we are, talking about the Jets, but I'm going to hope that you're you're speaking about a team in Las Vegas. I am speaking about a team in Las Vegas, and I've gotten a ton of crap for it. 
But yeah, I, I got any crap last night for putting the Jets in the playoffs, Rich. You know what? I, I don't know if we understand if we if we knew we're scratching each other's backs in a way, uh, David. But we we kind of are because I I do love the addition uh, of Chandler Jones to go with Max Crosby, and then yeah. Devonte Adams to hook up with your brother again. Um, is it's such a rarity to have uh, a quarterback wide receiver relationship that's new but not new at all, right? So. <laughs> So rare, and it's it's been something that they've they've tried to make happen for five years now since Devontae signed his contract extension several years ago with the Packers. He Derek was pushing to get him there, and and Devontae was really close, man. I mean, that a couple years ago they were really close to making that happen, and so for it to actually happen, I remember I was sitting on I was actually sitting on set at the NFL Network when it when it went through with James Jones, and James was obviously sad because he's a Packer, right? But he. Uh, it was it was almost surreal because that, like you said it it never really happens that you you absolutely get to pull off something like this where guys that have known each other since they were essentially teenagers get to play and obviously have gotten to the points they've gotten in their career and now find themselves back together. I, I look at the Raiders and to kind of validate your point when I I try to look at them, you know, just objectively like how is this how is this going to work out and from a quarterback standpoint. I always look at matchups. It, that's what this league is, and we hear that all the time. But it, literally, that's what it comes down to. And so you already have, and, and Foster Moreau said this to me the other day. He was out here working out with some of the kids in our, our high school team, and he was out on the field right here, about 100 feet from at. And he said, you already have two guys that are basically unguardable, Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. Like They just mat, they create the unique matchup issues for the defense. And now you add Devontae Adams. How do you cover them down? You know, so that's that's the main issue. And Derek's as good as anybody. If he's if he has a quality that is elite, it for me it's the ability to recognize what the defense is in, what they're trying to do, and get the ball as quickly as possible to his best matchup. And that's what he does. And now he's loaded with an offensive play caller. That that's, that's all they've done for 20 years is find matchups and exploit them. So I I, I don't necessarily see. Um, a situation where the Raiders are going to go into a game and not have a favorable matchup on the outside. So anything can happen. The trenches, obviously, Phil Mack and you know the Chargers have done up front. I mean, they're they're formidable, so they're going to have to protect. Um, but I mean, from a from a just a play player standpoint, I, I love their chances against against anybody. So why why does your brother and Devontae Adams vibe so well? Do you think? I mean, because again, you know, you knowing yeah. their history and how much they mean to each other personally uh you might be you might have been one of the few people not totally shocked that Devonte adams leaves green bay and aaron Rodgers in back-to-back mvp seasons to go to a totally new spot so fill in some of the blanks if you don't mind no problem i mean well i, I think that from the moment that they got together in fresno um it was a unique situation because Devonte Devonte came to fresno and um and visited there and, and basically signed with Fresno State because of Derek. And so from the from the moment that they met on his recruiting trip, they they hit it off. They just have a unique bond, and they're best friends. And Devontae, even before they made the move to Vegas, so first of all, in the Bay Area, he bought a house right next to Derek. They worked out in the offseason. They trained together, even when Devontae was in Green Bay. Same thing. Derek moves to Vegas. Devontae moves to Vegas. And this was about a month before the whole thing went down where he joined up. So they've just had a unique bond. They've always gotten uh, gotten along well. I mean, and then the chemistry on the field is, is, is I think, the biggest thing. So there's the guys that are, that are quarterback friendly from a wide receiver perspective. There's guys that you like to throw to. But then there's, like, this, this different level that these guys have always had. And I, I, asked, I asked Derek after their first workout, um, as official teammates, again, in Las Vegas, he's driving back home, and they're both in the car together. I, I, they FaceTimed, and so I said, yeah, how'd it go? And Derek's like, it's, every ball is six inches in front of his chest. It's just a natural thing. So he, he understands Devontae. They, they also share that, um, that affinity for uh, – Devontae is very confident. He's a very confident receiver. And Derek, every receiver that Derek has ever talked to me about, he, he's compared to Devontae Adams, every receiver. He's like, he does this like Devontae. It's always been that way. So – um, I think that's the biggest thing. They just they have affinity for each other's ability. Uh, Derek loves Devontae's athleticism. Has always felt like he's 
hands down the best receiver he's ever played with. He's said that since he was 19 years old, and it hasn't changed a decade later. So I'm excited to see these guys play together, man. It's going to be it's going to be a lot. I'm, I'm excited for the the country because when they're at Fresno, a lot of people saw him play, but I'm excited for the actual NFL. Uh, family and community to get a chance to watch these guys because wow. it's going to be a, it's going to be a blast. Wow, David Carr here on the Rich Eisen Show. All right, before I send you on into your day, I want to hit you on something that we started our show with because of the the match that's going yeah. down today: Brady and Rogers versus Allen and Mahomes. And I, I ranked them one through four for their careers, and you could pretty much guess how that list goes. But it totally jumbles when you just put it in the box of the quarterback you want. For 2022, this is the QB that if you could choose, you know, and rank them one through four, a quarterback to win football games in 2022, how would you rank Allen, Mahomes, and Brady and Rodgers in order? David Carr, how would you do that? Okay, so I'm going to just rank them based on the, the, the situation that they find themselves in. Okay. If that's fair. Okay, so I will say that it's, it's really difficult not to put Tom Brady, and so I will put Tom Brady at number one because I think that if his wide receiver group was healthy, I think that Rams game is different. Um, I think with um, the fact that Bruce Arians is no longer there, I honestly believe that might free them up a little bit to do more of what Tom wants to do. I think there's a when you have three guys looking at the game plan, I think that's a little bit too much. So I, I like Brady uh, a lot going out the way he wants to go out with a healthy group. I like Todd Bowles on defense. So I'm going to say Brady one. I'm going to say Josh Allen two, because I think his skill set is just unique to even anybody on this list. And that's, that's hard to, that's hard to say because these guys are pretty good football players, but Josh Allen is in a different class with, as far as what he can do with his legs, his ability to release the football instantaneously, have that on the sideline at, at whatever depth he wants. It's ridiculous to me to watch him. From the moment I was standing on the on the field in Indianapolis watching him at the Combine, I've seen him throw when he was 16. I was blown away at that moment. I've been blown away every time I watch this guy. Talk about guys like, that you want to watch play football. He's right there. And, and then I would say Pat Mahomes. And I think he's going to have to reinvent himself this year without Tyreek Hill there. But I think that it's a perfect time for him to do that because what we've seen Patrick do is fail a little bit at the end of the season where he tries to do too much. You can remember the images of him running around, going basically backwards against Cincinnati late in the game, almost losing the game. That You can see uh, moments in the Tampa Bay uh, Super Bowl where he tries to do too much. And obviously his offensive line was in shambles at that point. But I think for him, this moment where Tyreek's not there, his, his kind of bailout, just let me make it happen with this guy, isn't there. He's going to have to play inside Andy Reid and Eric Bietamie's system a little bit more. I think it's actually going to benefit him. And then fourth would have to be Aaron because that, I'm concerned about Aaron because of the guy that we just talked about, Devontae Adams. And it, it takes Aaron a long time. You can say that he turns guys that aren't first-round picks into great receivers, and I would not argue that. I, I would agree with you. I would argue that it takes time. And I don't know that that's something that they have the luxury of, of waiting for. I think that he's going to have to step on the gas. I don't know that he necessarily – he's not even in camp right now, which I mean that's a common thing. But – I think that he's going to have to step on the gas of, of trust and, you know, with a trust tree and, and really trust these guys. That's not something that he's historically done with young receivers. You look at Devontae's numbers with him. I think he had 400 yards his rookie year. You know, and Devontae's arguably the best receiver in the league. So that's going to be interesting for me. But, but that's probably how I'd rank him from, from my perspective. Yeah, wow. I mean, the 45-year-old guy at one and then the back-to-back MVP at four. That's pretty fascinating. I, I mean – but you know, I'm I I had it. Um, Allen, Brady, Rogers, Mahomes. Um, you know, I, I it's hard to it's hard to argue it. I mean, it's just the situations are, are kind of what I look at because all those guys you take all those guys in the game. Of course, no, no, I know this is sports talk radio fodder. I mean, on yeah. June first, man. I mean, when 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 the best football players at their positions arguably are playing golf. But you know, uh, it it is something to to just chew on because you you do have to wonder which guy's abilities to just put the team on their shoulders, on their backs at the end of a game based on their current situations and who has the ability to do that. Uh, uh, to me, yeah. the fact that Josh Allen could have room for improvement, not just because of who he is, but that Gabriel Davis is now 
uh, at the forefront uh, of his profession, I think. And James Cook got drafted. I mean, that's insane. That's absolutely yeah, he's insane. But Paul, he's, he's incredible. He's from this area. He's from Central Valley. Right. I, I've known him since he was a little guy. Um, not a little guy anymore. But, I mean, <laughs> freakish arm talent. Like, we, we say that a lot. We throw that around a lot. But it's not even close. The guy throws the ball as, as well as anyone I've ever seen. David, thanks for the time, man. Thanks for the time. Look for look for more of my calls, you know. Uh, I and I'd love yeah. to have you here in studio if you can uh, shake free of uh, any of your commitments, family or otherwise. Okay. Yeah, I'd love, love to have it. I'd love to. Thanks again, brother. Appreciate it. Thanks for the J E T S L O V E. Appreciate it. <laughs> you got it. That's David C A R R right here on the Rich Eisen show. See how I did that? <laughs> that was nice. Uh, you know. <clears throat> Just trying to get myself off the half of a Susan Lucci of my career, 0 for 6 Emmys, you know? 0 for 6. Just trying to do whatever I can. Whether it's uh, that interview or coming up with Tommy Pham fantasy team names. We've got to hit that in hour three, by the way. It's taking another turn. Dude, uh, I'm uh, I'm getting more and more resolute in my Raiders choice. How about that they've been looking to do a reunion professionally for years? How about that? Is, that? That is really interesting. How about that? That is really interesting. Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. Tried it a couple years ago. How about that? Better work. Buy houses in the same neighborhood. More resolute on my Raiders winning the division. I might be the only one, right? Have you heard that anywhere else? Winning that division? Yeah. I haven't heard that anywhere else. Oh, baby. No. Uh-uh. Okay. It's a couple more months to go. I need to see. Let's let's keep everybody healthy. I mean, it's June first. Uh, story out of the uh, the the and remember, I came on the air and I said that June is the month of who's showing up and who's not voluntary or not for organized team activities. Arizona Cardinals OTA this week. Let's see if the man who's got that awesome stationery is showing up. The latest on that before Ian Rappaport joins us in hour number three on the Rich Eisen Show eight four four two zero four Rich. Number to dial. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, <laughs> Mike Del Tufo just revealed a grudge held longer than Tommy Pham held his against Jock <laughs> Peterson, which is kind of long. I just want credit for declaring that he was going to be the number one overall pick Kyler, Kyler in the national media. We just showed uh, to our uh, terrestrial okay. radio audience. We just showed uh, Kyler Murray. <clears throat> we just showed Kyler Murray on our show uh, at the Super Bowl in Atlanta. That was the Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Rams. Correct. And Murray at the time had yet to announce whether he was going to play baseball or go pro. 
and play in the NFL. And the word was that um, uh, he could be the number one overall pick. And a bunch of folks were like, come on, really? This guy? You were like, he should be the number one overall pick. And Cliff Kingsbury had just been hired by the Cardinals. And he knew him from like, really? Is he going to choose him number one overall? They just had, you know, they just had Josh Rosen chosen 10th overall. So um, as I came on the show to start this program, June is the month of organized team activities. Name that really you didn't know about before NFL Network was born, but we, we, we were talking about OTAs a long time. Well, everyone's talking OTPs. We were talking OTAs on NFL Network. Nice. Yeah, that's what we were doing. And they're like, really? What's, what's to be made news out of it? I just remember when we first started, just like, oh, yeah. you guys are talking about are nothing talk when there's about? nothing to talk about. What are you going to talk about? And I'm like, Mini okay. Mini camps. Remember I mean, they used to be called mini camps. Mini camps. Well, mini camps, I think, is now the term used for mandatory organized yeah. team activities. It's interchangeable. Mini camps and, and, and organized team activities where you get together and it's just voluntary. And a lot of guys don't show up because it's just voluntary. So it's a voluntary organized team activity for the Arizona Cardinals. And let's just flash back to. Um, uh, late February, early March, when this missive came out. And again, I, I had a sense, hold on to this multi-paragraph treatise from Kyler Murray's agent on some incredible KM stationery. Hold on to it, because uh, this thing's going to last a while. It's going to go a while, and either good or bad, it's going to go for a while. And here we are now, June 1, Organized team activity and no contract yet, no long-term contract yet for Kyler Murray. But look who showed up for organized team activities in Arizona today. Kyler Murray. And as a matter of fact, uh, Mike Garofolo, uh, adding to the reporting of Adam Schefter, that Kyler Murray is expected to be on the practice field for the first time during their off-season program per league source. Uh, It's happening. He's going to be out on the field for his first practice on the field with the Cardinals. This offseason, Mike Garofolo, my colleague from the NFL Media Group, saying he was there yesterday. It's just that today he's on the field. He was already there yesterday. He's in, which I'll tell you what. I did not see coming when this pay me or trade me missive came out to kick off the combine week. Fresh off of the Super Bowl week in which Murray unfollowed the Cardinals on social media, Instagram and so forth, so on. So, you know, kind of knocked me over with a feather on all that. But that means that things are trending in the right direction. A show of good faith is what Mike Garofolo called it. Show of good faith to show up, which means things must be going and trending in the right direction for the negotiation. This is what Steve Kime, the general manager of the Cardinals, told us right after the draft. Every deal that you've seen done for quarterbacks after their third year have all been done anywhere from uh, mid-July to about September. So I wanted to get through the draft process, free agency, all the work that we put into it, and then now we can take a step back, refocus, and see if we can get something done. But uh, everything's been good. You know, the lines of communication have been open with him, Eric Burkhardt, his agent, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to get something nailed down before the season starts. So he has not demanded a trade from the Arizona Cardinals? No, no. Nor would I trade him. (laughs) (laughs) Nor would I trade him. So the reality of it is that they're not trading him, and conversations had to be going all right. They have to be going all right for him to have a show of good faith. I would think so. So he's there, and things are trending in the right direction, and that's a good thing for the Arizona Cardinals because if you take a look at their schedule – And you look at their schedule in light of the fact that DeAndre Hopkins will not be there for the first six games of the 2022 season. And I'll tell you what, they need Kyler Murray, with all due respect to Colt McCoy, filling in capably last year for a three-game stretch. They got to have him because they open up at home against Kansas City, visit the Raiders, then the Rams. Uh, Visit the Raiders, then they have the Rams at home. Cross-country trip to Carolina, home for Philly at Seattle. That's the first six. And I'll tell you what, at Seattle should be winnable. Home for Philly should be winnable. At Carolina should be winnable. Home for the Rams, got to win those at home. These should be winnable games. 
And I'll tell you what, they got to be winnable games if you want to win the division and go far. Certainly for a team that doesn't finish well. And that's why the pressure is going to be on Kyler Murray to show up and show out. And for Kyler Murray, this is it. He's going to get paid. He's going to get paid before the season. I'm seeing uh, the contract um, is doesn't it, it, it its total does not start with a three, but it's the tie, high two hundred millions. Oof. And if he's going to get paid high two hundred millions, and there's no DeAndre Hopkins, and and they show up, and he doesn't just take the team on his back. And obviously, it's a team game. Defensively, you're going to have to stop the Rams as well. You're going to have to stop all those teams on defense, and he doesn't play that. But if there's going to be three and outs in the third quarter, fourth quarter, when they're up, or they need, or they need to uh, come back, it's all going to fall on number one. It's going to fall on number one, and this Cardinals team's got to start hot. And that's why the pressure is mounting. And we'll see if he's up for it. But first things first, I, I love seeing him there. Being positive, love seeing him there. Love seeing the show of good faith. Love the fact that he's showing up, not putting the lid further on top of the boiling pot, which again, for somebody who okayed this, greenlit this, note to uh, the great community of the Valley. Oh, That's what this first paragraph of his agent's Jerry Maguire-like treatise said, didn't see him showing up June 1st on a voluntary organized team activity based of all of that, which leads me to believe that the writing's on the wall. He's not going anywhere. He's not getting traded. He didn't get traded before the draft. There wasn't really, there was really more of a talk of Debo than, than Kyler. Yeah. And which, again, when this piece of stationery became public, well, we would have thought, Kyler, if you had to choose an NFC West guy, was going to be talking about not showing up, not being there. Well, you, you, you'd have to even put maybe Aaron Donald above that, right? Above, above Debo, at least. And it turned out to be Debo, not even Kyler. So Kyler's not going anywhere, and this shows me that things are, are going well for a contract talk, but hopefully he'll be able to play well with that big price tag they need to. And the first six weeks of this season, the way after the first two years of, of Kyler Murray has finished up, last two years of Kyler Murray has finished up, this is big. It'll be part of the 2022 conversation. Ian Rappaport on the latest coming up.